Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by Track Barn. And today we have a ton of topics and a lot of really interesting ones that I want to talk to you about. Shakari Richardson, uh, Shakari Richardson makes her return in the 100 meter dash in a crazy fashion. A lot of people overreacted to it, and I'm going to say how this is actually history just repeating itself. Uh, we had Trayvon Brumell and Zarnell Hughes fall starting, and how both of those false starts are very, very different. Elaine Thompson Hurrah pulling out of Birmingham and deciding to run at home. Uh, and then we have Seville, a new sprinter on the books in Jamaica, who is here to make noise and is taking over so far, especially at just 21 years old. Before we go any further, I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is taking over the grooming game with their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance boxers, and much, much more. Look, I've tried a lot of razors in my day, but the Lawnmower 4.0 is just different. Its ceramic blade helps reduce grooming accidents, LED light allows you to shave anytime, anywhere, and since it's waterproof, you can take it in the shower if you want. Manscaped really has everything you need. From ball deodorant to freshen up after a hard practice, to nose hair trimmers so you can look the best at your track meets. When shopping with Manscaped, use code TWN to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping worldwide. Show up to your next meet looking good, because if you want to be the best, you gotta look the best. Now, back to the episode. A lot of stuff that we're going to be covering and you do not want to miss it. Uh, so today we're, we're going to talk about, or for our first topic, Shakari Richardson. So Shakari, she makes a return, a long awaited return to track and field. We haven't seen her since September of last year. There have been a few different times where she was going to be coming back. We thought that she was going to be coming back two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. It just didn't happen. And then we see some things on a heat sheet list for the Duval Classic, which is an American Track League race, saying that she might be competing at the Duval Classic. And then the word gets out and boom, there it is. Shakira is making her return at the Duval Classic this past Saturday. And so let's first just talk about the meet overall. So if you weren't able to watch it, you didn't get to tune in. The weather and everything about it was insane. So it was originally scheduled to race at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But due to rain and lightning and thunderstorms, that got pushed back two hours and 45 minutes. So it didn't actually start up until 8.45. To tell you how bad this weather was, 85 athletes that were scheduled to compete ended up pulling out of their race, uh, their jump, whatever it was. So there were 85 athletes that due to weather didn't end up running. So that just goes to show you how bad this rain actually was. So it was definitely coming down like just sheets of, of rain. It was, it was a crazy, crazy environment. We didn't see too many crazy times. Uh, Devin Allen running a 13-17, ninth fastest time in the world. That's the only other notable time that we really saw. Everything else was... Not too, not too great. So uh, now let's get into Shakari Richardson and and what she ended up doing. So uh, like we said, me got delayed two hours, 45 minutes. She was now running at 9.20 p.m. And so 
this rain was terrible and the wind was bad also. So there was scheduled to just be one straight to the final. Like there were five heats and it was just a, a straight final. And so in her race, this was the, the order. She ended up coming in fourth. Uh, Aaliyah Hobbs won with a time of 11-2-8. Brittany Brown came in second with a time of 11-3-0. Tonisha Terry, uh, her training partner, came in third with a time of 11.34. Uh, Sha'Carri Richardson came in fourth with a time of 11.37. And then Mary Beth St. Price came in fifth with a time of 11.38. And if you look at this race... Uh, so Shakari has never really had the best of starts. Uh, Mary Beth got out really well. Like, I mean, she has that 60 meter, uh, world, you know, world medal. So we, we know that she can start really well. Uh, and then, so she was out in front and then people started closing in on her. So, I mean, her, her racing this weekend was, was very impressive. I was like definitely taken aback. Like, yeah, okay. You, you have an opportunity to do really, really well. Hopefully even make a U.S. team based off of how you ran, at this race in these conditions. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely got the, the hats off to there, but the note that a lot of people said right after this race happened was she carries washed up. Like she, she's not focusing on track and field. You know, she's just worried about being Hollywood and all of this stuff. And, you know, 1137, like not impressive, uh, blah, 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 blah. And so everyone's hating on her just immediately. Cause she came in fourth and look, even I was surprised that she came in fourth. I was thinking that, you know, you got to win this race. You got to get good confidence. And so I was definitely even taken aback as well. Uh, it was, it was not something that I was expecting to happen. It was definitely, it was definitely surprising to me. Uh, and then, uh, somehow there were, they ran again. Like, so there was supposed to be just going into the finals, but they, I guess there were some camera issues for some reason. They ended up doing this competition another time. Uh, and so they ran that fifth heat one more time. Not all the athletes came back. Aaliyah Hobbs, she didn't come back and run, but many of the athletes did. And in that second race, Sha'Carri Richardson ended up getting the win with a time of 11.27. Uh, Twanisha Terry uh, then came in second with a time of 11.29. Uh, and then Mary Beth St. Price came in third with a time of 11.34. So all of the athletes improved and there was only a point one headwind. So there wasn't too much headwind yet. It was still coming down tons and tons of rain. And so she was, uh, one thing that was cool. She Richardson celebrating after the race, you know, she's having fun. Uh, and I think this is a big confidence booster. You got to win this, uh, going from being in fourth, not racing in a long time, then to, to getting a win in these, these terrible conditions is, is great. I don't look into this time really at all when it comes to, oh, this is the, the type of shape she's in. Uh, cause she's, been racing against, she raced in this with against athletes that have been running this entire year and beat them. And so to say like, Oh, you're not in, you know, fast shape just doesn't make any sense to me. But one thing that I'm really taking away from this and, and that's the, the reactions that I saw from a lot of people within the track and field community, uh, you know, mentioning how this was an awful race. Like I'm not impressed, you know, all of that. But it's so crazy how quickly people forget. So let's just let's just take you back a, a little bit and, and what's what's been going on with Shakari Richardson. So last time we saw her compete, it was, you know, what, September, August, since we, we've seen you being able to compete. It's been a long time, what, nine, nine, ten months. Uh, then you you come in, you're you're racing in windy and rainy and bad conditions. Uh, you're going up against, you know, some, some good people that you're definitely, you know, faster than you have better PRs than, 
And uh, you come in in the first heat, you get fourth place. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's an uncharacteristic fourth place as well. You're, you're running in the mid-11s. And so it's, it, it, that, that's where we're at right now. And so, you know, if that's how you're going to perform, is that what we're going to be seeing in the future? Uh, you know, that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be looking good. And you see, now, does that sound familiar? I think people, that, that sounds very familiar. Like, yeah, it's Shakari. Like, no, what I just explained to you, that wasn't Shakari. That is what Shelly Ann Fraser-Price did just last year. See, people forget that Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, her last time that she competed in 2020 was in August. She raced in August, ran a 1086, and then the week before that ran an 1128. So that's what she did in 2020. In 2021, she opened up her season on May 23rd. So this exact same weekend in 2021, that's when she opened up her weekend. And she raced against Shakari Richardson this exact same weekend last year in Gateshead, where it was raining and it was a 3.0 headwind and it was just bad weather. She raced that race. And that was her first race since August. And in that competition, she lost to Shakari Richardson, who ran an 11.44, and she ran an 11.51 and came in fourth place. And so... This is the exact, or third place. And so this is the exact same thing that we saw in 2021 with Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, who then went on to run a 10.6. And so it's interesting how everyone is freaking out and saying this is awful. She's not focused on track and field. She's not ready to do any of this. But we saw this exact same thing from the second fastest woman uh, alive in Shelly Ann Fraser-Price just one year ago. It was literally one year ago where she ran these times. Oh, Colin, but it was a 3.0 win. You're right. So let's adjust them a little bit. Shelly Ann Fraser prices 11.51 when you adjust for wind to be a 0.0 wind is an 11.27. You know what Shakari Richardson's 11.37 is when you adjust for wind? In 11.27, she did the exact same thing. And so we're seeing two athletes that just don't that just didn't do well in their opener they had adverse conditions they're just getting started up with their season and you so you can't just say nope this is where you're going to be you're going to be awful it's like yeah cuz this is your season opener if you judge everything based off of the first thing that you see you're going to end up getting bitten in the butt because if you did that same thing with Shelly Ann Fraser Price and you saw what she opened up with last year and you were like you're not going to have a good season you're older you're washed up you're not going to do well you would have been extraordinarily wrong because she ran 10 sevens several times and 10 sixes as well and so that this is the exact same thing that we saw those two meets in Gateshead could not be more similar and so the fact that people are overreacting on what we saw this past weekend just shows that you don't know your history of what's going on because we saw this it's the exact same thing to extraordinarily talented ladies that had adverse conditions and didn't perform the way that we expected them to as if conditions don't affect them it was raining in both of them it was headwinds on both of them awful conditions and she ends up coming out winning and getting a 10 10 to 7 in the mate in the meantime and so i'm not you know going crazy with anything that's going on i don't look into the time when it comes to these adverse conditions it's how do you place and who do you beat and she beat some notable names she beat Tanisha terry she beat uh mary beth sand price like those are people that you want to beat here she ran a faster time than Aliyah hobbs so uh it's 
It's a good place for her to be. That was great confidence booster. And no, I'm not nervous. I'm not going to say she's not going to make the team because there's plenty of track and field left. There's plenty of times that she can improve. And so I think that she is going to do that. And I'm not going to take the time from the Duval Classic in the rain as something that's going to be going up against you. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, like we said, rest of the meet didn't, was, was not too crazy. I mean, the, the weather was the main story there and just how insane that was. And so we didn't see really many other times or, or things like, like I, like I had mentioned, but yeah. So stop freaking out about Shakari. She's going to be fine. It was her first meet. Get off the gas. We'll be all right. Uh, next thing that I want to talk about is Trayvon Brumell and uh, Zarnell Hughes. So uh, in Birmingham, uh, Trayvon Brumell and Zarnell Hughes both both fall started. Not in the same heat or not back-to-back, but Trayvon Brumell, uh, he, they line up in the final or they line up for the race. Trayvon Brumell, false starts. And it's a clear false start. Uh, he, he didn't mean it. He's, he doesn't have a, a, a history of false starting. So I think it was, you know, just a bad thing. He even mentions after the race, rookie mistake, you know, it's something I didn't want to do. Sorry to all my fans that, you know, came in here and wanted to watch me compete and, you know, saw me make this this one mistake. And uh, like we said, Trayvon Brumell, he doesn't have a history of this. He doesn't do it very often. I, I was searching through many of his professional races, couldn't find many times that he was that he was false starting. Zarnell Hughes, on the other hand, um, he has a history of this. Uh, he's He false started last week at the, the Puerto Rico Athletics Classic, false started this week, and he false started in the Olympics, as well as another time last year as well. Uh, so in four in his last 14 100-meter races, he has false started in four of them. That's 28.5%. And so these two, while the tape shows like that they're false starts, I think they're for very different reasons. Trayvon Brumell, he his false start seemed like it was more of excitement and more of determination and the fact that he had all of this, you know, cooped up energy. I talked about it in raise takes. Uh, if you watch that, where this false start was very different than Zarnell Hughes's false start with him, it seemed a lot like, I know that I want to show the world I can run internationally and I want to do very well here. I have all of this emotion and excitement and I can't wait to show you what I can do. And he was just too locked in and too in the moment. And that ended up getting getting back to him. And so I think the fact that he did fall start is almost a, a good thing here where, okay, now he goes back in his head. All right, I got to calm down. <laughs> I can't be, you know, having all this adrenaline pumping and going crazy because, you know, that can get you to be antsy and you might do something that's not, you know, in your character. And so I'm not worried about him. I think this is actually going to be something like, all right, good. Let me take that away with me. Let me put that in my mind. All right, I'm not going to do that again. I think so. I think that was out of excitement and anticipation. Uh, Zarnell Hughes, I think I might've been a little more on the nerve side. Uh, Zarnell Hughes has a history of this. Like we mentioned, he's false started 28.5, nearly 30% of his 100 meter races and over 20% of all of his races. So he, he's had some issues with this, uh, especially being an elite level athlete. Like it's something you really don't, don't want to see. And, you know, once again, I'm not like in his shoes. I don't know anything. I don't have any insider information. I don't know what's going on in, in his head, in his personal life or anything like that. But what I can go off of is my personal experience with things like this. 
as I've mentioned, I probably mentioned a million times on this show. So if you're hearing it for the million and one time, sorry, but I do want to bring it up uh, that I've had issues with uh, competing at larger meets or just competing at meets when you might have expectations. And, and in my, my case, no hiding since I was a pole vaulter. Uh, and it seems like he may have a similar thing uh, where it comes with false starting uh, when it comes to track meets and the 100. It's like, there might be some nerves there. Uh, there's something, you know, the, the race anxiety might be getting to you. And, you know, something that I did when, when I was going through that was seeing a sports psychologist and being able to, you know, discuss what type of things you're feeling before your competition, before your race and seeing what those, uh, those issues might be and, and how it can, how it can flesh out. And there's no shame in that. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of track and field athletes around the world. And almost all of them, I would say, actually, I would say all of them. There are hundreds of thousands of track and field athletes in this world, and all of them get those pre-race jitters uh, before they're competing. And it just varies between on what kind of things they are. It could be excitement. I can't wait to get to compete. It could be, oh, no, this is a big-time race, and I don't want to mess up. And so there's a wide variety of what it is. And once you do it once, it kind of like is a slippery slope. And so now... That one time can turn into two, and that two can turn into three. And so you, the, it can easily snowball and just compound to become a really huge problem. And if you don't nip it in the butt early, it's going to be a constant issue for you. And that's something that I had to deal with. I started no-hiding a lot, especially at big competitions. And in my season, I believe it was my sophomore year, I didn't kind of nip that in the butt. I didn't, you know, meet a sports psychologist yet. I just thought I could figure it out myself. And I ended up no-hiding about half of my, com- half of my competitions that year. And then we, you know, got us some help, figured out what was going on, and then, you know, it was a lot better in the following seasons. And so I would kind of, you know, recommend a similar thing for him. Like, look, man, first issue is you got to recognize you got an issue and you have an issue. It's, it's, it's clear. I had an issue. I recognized it. And then, you know, meeting someone, finding out you can get help and then being able to compete at the highest level because you got talent, kid. You're very, very talented. You've ran very fast, but you also have this issue, uh, which is probably a mental block that's just not allowing you to, to compete at your highest and is giving you some, some of these nerves. So I, I would recommend that he, he meets with some extra person. If he's already meeting with someone, meet with someone new because it's not, it's not working right now, man, and, and I'd like to see him be able to compete at a high level. We saw Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson called you out. And said, hey, this dude's been false starting all the time. Every time I see you compete, you got the best in the sport calling you out on your, your abilities to, to not stay in the blocks. That's a problem. So let's get it figured out because I want to see you, you know, being able to compete at a high level here. Uh, up next, we're going to transition to an athlete that was supposed to be at Birmingham but ended up not actually competing in Birmingham, is that, and that is Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. So Elaine Thompson-Hurrah, scheduled to race in Birmingham, but she mentioned before, got some injuries that, that I have to deal with, and I don't really want to really want to compete. And so everyone's like, all right, that stinks. We'll love to see you, you know, run in Birmingham. Uh, but she doesn't. And then we see that she actually gets announced to be racing in Jamaica. And so in Jamaica, she runs, and she runs a 10.94 into a 1.8 headwind adjusted that was a 10.82 so she runs very fast and does does pretty well you know it's a that's a you know with how fast elaine thompson her eye is it's no crazy crazy time for her uh and then she actually goes on air after the race discussing why it was that she decided to run uh in jamaica instead of birmingham she says that she had some issues with her her shoulder. Her Achilles had a little bit of things, you know, stuff going on, and just didn't want to didn't want to deal with that. And you know, I get it. Like 
you know, she was probably feeling some type of, you know, just uncomfort. And it's like, look, I don't want to go all the way out to England when I'm having these issues, sit on this long flight, be able to run, run probably like an 11 something and then come back when I could just say, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay at home and, you know, just kind of let it work out. And if I feel good, I'll go and race at this, this meet. And I think that's what she did. She stayed at home. She did well. And I, I'm not looking into it. There's plenty of time in between now and the, the world championships. It's probably just like a precaution thing. Like, look, there's no, the, the cost, the reward to cost ratio just doesn't make sense here. So let me decide to stay at home and, and try doing that. While we were at uh, Jamaica, we did see some very cool times, really good times come out on the side of the men. So Oblique Seville, uh, he is a 21-year-old Jamaican athlete. He ran a 9.86 at this same meet, the Jubilee Series uh, in Kingston, Jamaica. It's the second fastest time this year behind uh, Ferdinand Omanyala with a time of 9.85. So blistering speed, he's shown to be a top you know, a top tier talent here. If you look at what he's done this season and in previous seasons, first, this was the very first time he's going sub 10. He had ran a 10-0 before, but to go and just, you know, say, forget all the 10, the, the 9-9s, I'm going to go right to the 9-8s. Very, very impressive for him, uh, especially with him only being 21 years old. Uh, very, very good there. Uh, and so he was averaging around the, the 10 ones, the low 10s. He had a few 10 twos coming out. Then blast this amazing uh, 10 8 6. Uh, to give you some more notes on him, he made the semifinals in the Olympics with a time of 10.05. And many of his races so far have been exclusively ran in Jamaica. A lot of people will be like, oh man, like, uh, can he run elsewhere? It's like, yeah, but look, this guy's running exclusively in Jamaica almost outside of the Olympics, but that's what all of our college athletes do in the U.S. They almost run exclusively in the U.S. except for if they make the Olympics or whatever it is, because that's what you're in. And this guy's 21, just like many of our college athletes are 21. So the fact that he hasn't done it in another country or whatever is not, I'm not looking into that. He's a college age kid. Uh, he's running in his home country, just like all of the other guys in the NCAA system are running exclusively in their home countries as well. So, uh, he is he going to be someone that could make a final in the the USA or in the 100 meters? It's possible. Also, is this going to be a new leaf for Jamaican sprints? Because we saw once Usain Bolt left in in 2017, the men's side of the sprints were kind of gone. Like we we still had Johan Blake that was running, and we had uh, Gay. Um, what is it? Is it Gay? Yeah, the the guy that was the uh, the jumper. Uh, he he was running. I think Asafa Powell was even doing a few things. Um, uh, and so they they ended up getting in fourth in the 2020 Olympics. But the, the times weren't at the that elite mark that we had seen them be. And could Seville be this new guy to bring Jamaica back or the Jamaican men back? I think he could. I mean, you're running fast times at a young age. He could be that, that next guy that can run a, a 9-7 for, for Jamaica. So it's a name to definitely keep out for or keep a lookout for because Jamaica can be back. And are they back with Oblique Seville? It's a definite possibility. Let's keep a look on how he's going to be doing the remainder of the year. Obviously, it's just one competition. It was win legal. There wasn't too much win there. So I'm, I'm probably feel pretty good about him, you know, him going on and, and you know, competing and, and doing well. But let's see how you do in rounds. Like, is this going to be something where, you know, you can do really well when it's one race or will you be able to replicate this 
at a, the top level in championships when you're going to have to run three or four times, you know, to, to get to that final. So we're going to have to see. I'm hoping that this is going to be a new resurgence for, for Jamaica. It's always great when we have those USA-Jamaica rivalries. Right now, the, the Jamaican women are doing pretty much numbers on, on USA, and the Jamaican and the USA men are pretty much doing numbers on the Jamaican men. So it'd be interesting to get a couple more athletes to, to be in that mark. You know, we'll have Seville on the Jamaican side and hopefully Shakari on the on the USA side that can make it a little bit more of a, a fair battle in the, the world championships and everything there. But uh, that's going to do it for us here with Track World News. Uh, if you enjoyed, please leave a like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, all that type of stuff. It really helps us know that you're enjoying the content here. Uh, we're going to be having... The regional championship going on next week, and then I believe in two weeks we'll be seeing the regular NCAA championships. We're going to be doing a lot of good stuff for the the major uh, NCAA final, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, That's going to do it for us here. Have a good one. Peace.